Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Orr fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson. Back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 60 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast uh, in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, uh, the best view in sports. Um, with boys are back in town. We got we got Rob in the house. Happy to have you, buddy. We got Court in the house. Uh, how you guys doing? How's everything? It's good to finally be back with all of us present. Right? It's, uh, yeah, it's... It's been a while. It's been a few months, so it's crazy. Yeah, I, I haven't heard your voice in a really long time, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I wasn't on, it just didn't work out. Everyone misses my uh, smooth-talking radio voice. <laughs> oh, man. Sends people to sleep. Oh. <laughs> you got the Barry White <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm not even joking. Everyone in England hates my voice because <laughs> it's so monotone. But then when I talk to people from different countries, they go, oh, my God. I love that voice. That voice. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, you know, we, we, we are on a limited schedule uh, during the off season, so uh, we wanted to get together because there is news to talk about. We have about five or six topics that we'd like to, like to discuss, and, um, you know, hopefully you'll enjoy it. But uh, for the first time in a long time, we have a guest 
uh, Andrew Thompson. He currently writes for the Black and Gold Hockey Blog dot com. Uh, he is he is a workhorse over at the site. Um, Andrew, welcome to the show again. Welcome back. Thank you, gentlemen. It's always nice to be on. How's your summer going? Uh, this is my first day off since July 18, so I'm just kind of enjoying the beer in one hand, hockey hockey news in the other. There you go. <laughs> That's badass. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely touch on some uh, hockey news topics later on, and uh, definitely happy to um, to have you back. Um, you know. We tried we tried it a couple of times, but the schedules just didn't work out. Um, and you can also uh, find Andrew on Twitter. Um, God went whoops. Uh, that's a great, great Twitter handle. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, please go give him a follow and uh, <laughs> definitely read his stuff over at the Black and Gold Hockey Blog dot com because he's a great teammate. So, all right, boys, let's just dive right into this. Um, the past David Pasternak is is still unsigned, and it remains to be a, a very sore topic when it when it, when it comes to Bruins Nation. Uh, just for the fact is that it's like pandemonium when when you know every day that he's not signed, and the and the the um, the 2017-18 season is coming closer and closer. But with that being said, to add to that pandemonium and 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 basically just drop a bomb. Um, on social media, um, Brian Lawton, I believe it was last week, uh, tweeted out that maybe because the the team is waiting so long to sign him that there's an option to trade him. And and I, I can't believe my phone was just blowing yeah. up with with notifications. It was crazy. Um, Rob, what did you what did you get out of that? And 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 you know, I'll talk about a couple more tweets later on. But what? what the feeling that you got when when you heard that well first of all i had to turn my twitter notifications off for a while because that was just a stupid day um a lot of people that i follow closely talking about it um it's i just don't see it as an option i i think the bruins have changed in the organization and the focusing on the youth development and there's no way they're going to trade a guy like David Pasternak um, they were they were waiting on the dry saddle deal and I'm sure we'll talk about that later on but now that's done I think the speculation time's over and they've got until December so yeah I, I, it's going to get done he's, he's going to be back as a Bruin there's no doubt about it so just pointless, pointless news stirring, stirring the Bruins nation up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Court? And, yeah, and and from what from when Lawton's tweet is, it's, he didn't say that they were going to trade him, but everybody took it and ran with it. Um, and Andrew actually wrote a great article on the on the webpage, um, pretty much just telling everybody to calm down. And all it is is a rumor, but people always take what you look at in the past, you know, with the Dougie Hamiltons, the Tyler Sagan, um, and what they've done, the Bruins organization, but it's a different organization now. I understand some of the pieces are still there, the people there, but Sweeney's been handling it a lot differently. He has been going with the youth movement. So the fact that he would ever even contemplate trading um, a 30-goal-plus scorer in David Pasternak, uh, who's only 21 years old, it just doesn't make any sense. It goes against everything that he's done in the, in the um, 
the last couple of years that he's been as the GM of this franchise. It just wouldn't make any sense. Andrew, your thoughts? I believe I've been saying for the last few months that the odds of David Pasternak leaving the Bruins are the same as Jeremy Jacobs scoring goals for the Bruins this year, and I'm sticking <laughs> by that. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we... All the classic warning signs are not there. We have yet to see any of the Boston media say, oh, my God, Pasternak's a disruptive element in the locker room. He's just not a team player. He's just not hanging out with the team. He's isolated. He must be alone. When Boston media starts frenzying, then I worry. Until the Frelgar and Maz go on the radio going, I don't think he's the kind of person we want in the locker room anymore. We're, there's no, There's no causality. There's no relation. It's just... It's just people just go panicking. It's, it's kind of sad because we, we've been through enough bad problems with the Bruins organization, but everything everyone here has said is correct. There is no tra- There is no string that leads us to the fact that Pasternak could be moved. Um, and none of, none of the big guys like your uh, Bob McKenzie's, your Darren Dreggers, um, they haven't reported even a whisper that anything's going to happen or jump over it. And until usually, or Elliot Freeman, until those guys report stuff, it's it's not true. It sounds terrible, but you know Lawton, he was just suggesting it, and then obviously he was just uh, doing it to uh, to generate some uh, some media buzz. Yeah. But he does that a lot. If you look, he's he's never the one who's going to break a story. He's always the one to throw a line out there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. To me, the whole situation is um, is it's like it's news. It's, you know, it's the dog days of, of August. There's really nothing going on between now and, and the start of training camp. You know, just throw it and see if it sticks. I, I you know, and, and I believe that that's what him, you know, he's a NHL network uh, analyst. So I, I believe that there's a couple of things that w- we're definitely going to dive into those, uh, those rankings later on. But, um, you know, it, it, to me, it's just, you know, let's generate some news, maybe a uh, you know, see what happens, but a little unnecessary, but it is what it is. We, you know, we live in an imperfect world and social media these days, and everybody's a freaking expert. Well, the thing is, David Pasternak remains the only re- restricted free agent still unsigned. Mm. Uh, oh, with the Bruins? Oh, just with the Bruins, yes. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was generally all over the NHL, other than the the smaller unknown players from He's- the the biggest, he's, he's the biggest name. Yeah. I mean, of course you're going to say something to stir something up because how much, how many articles are people, Bruins fans going to read from the NHL network once they think that a trade's in the works? I mean, it, it's all about publicity and it's all about selling something. It's, it's just a case of whether you sit back and look at it and think before you actually just go, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it's... Just, Cat, cats and dogs living together. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's just it is just crazy. Like as soon as I read it, I, I was I was sat at work and I read the uh, read the tweet. Uh, I I think it was Court that actually retweeted it. Did you? Uh, but yes, but with a question. But mark. with a quote, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when I, when I saw it, I just thought, no. Like I'm not even gonna bother like tweeting about it or anything because it just generates unwanted hate. And I mean, if there was gonna be an offer sheet on David Passenac, we'd have heard about it by now. Right. 
So I don't see him getting offer sheeted. I don't see anyone throwing trades at the Bruins for him because his price is way too high for anything. Um, and the Bruins are internally rebuilding, so I mean they're not looking for any pieces really. And even if any team offered him an offer sheet, we have ten million dollars in cap space. Yeah, and the yeah. the Bruins already said that they're going to match that. So yeah. that just tells you right there that a deal is going to get done. It's just that the time is is just up in the air right now. I couldn't. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go on. I couldn't see the Bruins sending Pasternak on a month tour to China if they were going to go. Well, thanks, thanks for supporting the team. Now get the hell out of the locker room. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and to kind of segue into something else. Um. I find it so funny that so many people are out there tweeting that Peter Shirelli is still finding a way to screw over the Bruins <laughs> whilst being the GM of a different team because <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry, but I, I was asking this to quite a few people and I want to get your guys' opinion, but I didn't even think Leon Dreisaitl was that good for that contract. Like... Is is it just me? Did he do something that I didn't notice? But he doesn't seem to be that kind of guy that's worth eight million dollars. He's a centerman, and his age and the points he's putting up—it's the market. It has nothing to do with what he's good for that contract anymore. If you look at what the market is, the market dictates what's going to happen. If Pasternak last year, like unfortunately, the Bruins don't get the perfect storm. They got the perfect yeah. storm with Marshawn last year. But having Pasternak become a, a restricted free agent this year was the worst thing that could happen. Last year, $6 million done. This year, seven point five possibly. Now, yeah. now, I have a quick... Uh, are, you also, are you done, Rob? Yeah, yeah. I'm done. All right. I, I just didn't want to like just jump right in on you. No, no, but, it's, no it's good. Um, now, I've been thinking about this, too, is uh, Pasternak and the Bruins burnt a year. So yeah. if they didn't, if he didn't come out when he did, I actually think by burning a year, it was a little bit better for the organization because if he waited till next year. To, Two thirty-five plus goal seasons. Yeah. Like, oh. like, uh, and and dry saddles getting 8 million. Yeah. Holy, holy crap. Like that, Pasenak could be on 10. Like if you look at it through the points wise, Pasenak could be on 10 million. Yeah, it's crazy. So it it kind of is lucky, but especially if you look at it as well, it's lucky with um, if you look at the ELCs that are coming up with the Bruins. Yeah, we're it is kind of lucky that it fell this year. That's that's actually so. a good segue. Um, the segue master is back. Um, back with a vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, future salary cap. That, that's that's an issue for for me and. Um, I, I wish I remembered this guy's tweet. I, I don't remember his name at all, but he came out with a list of um, the free agents, restricted free agents that are going to be coming up in the next uh, couple of years. And with the uh, Pasternak signing right now, well, I mean, you know, he's going to sign sooner or later. It's setting a weird tone through Bruins Nation of... of you know who's going to ask big bucks? Um, you know, in in 2018, you got Spooner, Petrano, Ogara, and Corrali are all RFAs. 
2019, you got Heinen, uh, Jakob Spock and Carlson, Pinnacle Herrick, Brandon Carlo, and Charlie McAvoy. That 2019 year is going to be a critical one. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, and, but uh, and, and just, doesn't... To round, just to round it off real Sorry. quick, in 2020, it's Bjork, Anders Bjork, Jake DeBrusque, um, Jakob Zboro, Zach Seneshin, and on this list he forgot was uh, Jesse Gabriel. Yeah, so that is. That's another year that's going to be a tough one to deal with. And you still have to manage your regular cap with current NHL contracts. It's not going to be and, easy. And, and if you, you also lose... th- Sorry, Rob, go. I was, I was going to say, if you also think about it, though, uh, by the time McAvoy needs a new contract, and the same with Carlo, um, you have Adam McQuaid's cap drops off, Kevin Miller's cap drops off. No, I, th- I thought Kevin Miller's would have dropped off by then. 2020. Uh, but they'll probably, in any case, they'll either be traded or bought out because the decor that's coming up is going to be ready by then. Um, unless Kevin and McQuaid have just an unreal <coughs> season. But um, And then Chara's $4 million comes off next year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bit of extra cap space. Yeah. Uh, and and you've always got to think if they're going with a youth movement now, does that mean they go, they start to trade away some of the older veterans down the line if they're well, able to be replaced? So. Well, just just looking at the situation, to me, you got Spooner Vitrano this year that next year will be RFA. Then you have yeah. Nash, Schaller, Chara, and Postma that are all UFAs. So mm-hmm. the odds that Nash, Schaller, Chara, and Postma even come back after this year are pretty slim. And then the odds that Spooner or Vitrano aren't traded, depending on how the youth play, that's it's a way to make up for 2019 because 2019 is scary. Say yeah. say McAvoy plays the way that everybody thinks he's going to be. Like some of the, some of the um, the articles I'm reading, they have him as Calder candidate. You got Carlo who played great, so both of them are going to be looking for um, a sizable contract. And you're still going to have Kevin Miller and Toy Krug's deal on until 2020 and Bolesky. So. These guys like Spooner and Vitrano and so on and so forth, those are going to be having to be the, the pieces that we moved this year so that we're able to keep these young kids in the lineup and uh, be able to try and work it around. Um, because, you know, if Seneshin or Heinen or any of these guys start taking off, there's going to be guys that are going to have to be moved. I know a lot of people will say, oh, we got to move David Krejci's. Um, that's just not going to happen. He's $7.2 million a year with a no-trade deal at 31 years old. It's going to be the toughest contract ever to move unless we're taking salary back, and so it's pointless in the whole deal. Is it still full full no trade clause, or is it no movement clause? Yeah, uh, I thought it was a modified one. Well, let me take a quick look here. The player must provide a list of at least fifty percent of the teams playing in the NHL as of the 2019-20 season. So we can't move him until 2019-2020. And his last yeah. two years, he's got a modified. Yeah. And then you've so, got Bolesky, no, uh, modified no movement yeah, calls. which is right now. Yeah, Bergeron, uh, Bacchus. They're clogging up the... Uh, well, so yeah, if, you can if, never if, say if, that Bergeron's clogging up the uh, thing because he'll never... Never be going. So, so at the end of this season, Krejci's going to have to give a list. So, yeah. if anybody thinks Krejci's getting moving next year, this year, it's probably not going to happen. If it does happen, 
it would happen at the draft next year or in the offseason because that's when he's going to have to give a list, which would work out for the, you know, the McAvoys and the Carlos. And, cause it's yeah, gonna the be only a problem tricky. is then you look at it and there's no center prospect ready for a second-line role in the Bruins. So We don't know that yet. Uh, no, uh, you don't know. JFK, any of these guys, Heinen, any of these guys, they all can play center. We're just Trent Frederick. You, you never know who's going to jump up. I'm hoping that someone jumps up. Otherwise, we're going to have a problem because you're you're going to run into what like the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have in the next two years. You can't keep all three. Yeah, Choose. Bottle neck issue. But, it, but, it, but at the same time, you look at it and, like, the thing is, Edmonton Oilers have always been ruining the league. It's either they've, they've had Wayne Gretzky, they get all the first overall picks, or now the screw who never on over with salary cap. And I'm sorry if you're a Oilers fan at all but um, like the the force in the league to up the salary cap they must be with the way that they're signing people they're either going to be stuck with a really bad roster with, well not a really bad roster but a top heavy roster uh, with entry level deals on the bottom end or the salary cap's going to go up that's, that's the only way these issues are going to get fed Andrew, what do you think about the salary cap and the implications that it might have in the next couple of years? And also, I wanted to get your opinion uh, because I know, I believe you wrote an article for the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com uh, in relation to a future um, lockout. So I'd like to get your opinion on, on those two subjects. With Jeremy Jacobs being the head of the Board of Governors, it's it's always going to be a close on, uh, issue for Bruins fans. Uh, he was the driving force behind two lockouts and was the secret little whispering monkey for a third one. Uh, between the Olympics being an issue, uh, between salary caps adjusting, between hi- us him being sued by a bunch of kids over stiffing them over $30 million over a case of 20 years, Another lockout is very likely going to happen. We just have to pick the reason why it's going to start. Uh, Salary cap-wise, I agree. They're going to have to up the salary cap, and there's going to be all sorts of moaning. But if you've got certain teams that that the league is trying to promote or trying to move up, I mean, the Vegas could find themselves in a very rough situation as soon as two or three years. So seeing a $80 million salary cap by uh, 2021, 22 completely possible right and 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 court by by all means i am not picking on your country at all i love canada and i love everybody that lives in there but the dollar value the canadian dollar value um mm-hmm. i can i can actually see the cap going up a little bit more once this uh the three major sports networks the, the um, i think it's tvg uh rds and rogers i I believe uh, the the deal that the NHL has with those three. Once that's over, I believe that the the, the money will definitely go up a lot more. Now, I I I, I knew this was coming, so I, I did a little research. So the cap is calculated by a percentage of the league's revenue from the previous season. Now, do you guys know in the top ten, three of those teams are Canadian? So you have the Montreal Junior Rangers are number one with two hundred two hundred nineteen million dollars in revenue. Montreal Canadiens are second with $202 million in revenue. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are third with $186 million. Boston's actually fifth um, with $169 million in revenue. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are seventh. You know what teams are hurting the NHL in the, in the cap? 
Carolina, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, Nashville, Buffalo, Tampa, St. Louis, New Jersey, and then Winnipeg. Those are your top bottom twenty, uh, bottom ten teams in revenue. In Vegas because they haven't made any money and yet. That's that's actually what's hurting the cap. So him, Gary Bettman, I understand what he's he's trying to do. He's trying to get the TV markets, but the Carolinas and the Floridas and the Arizonas of the world, they're killing this league. Everybody else is in triple digits. Those teams aren't. If if we all saw it last year, Florida was an embarrassment. There was no one even watching the game. They'd oh, had Pittsburgh terrible. in town. Don't sell it. Yeah. Did you not so, see the whole giveaway of tickets for? For Florida. Yeah. Where so you could Canadian buy dollar- a box for nothing. <laughs> yeah. The Canadian dollar does affect. It does affect, Mark, but you got to remember, if the Canadian dollar affected that much, then why are teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens 2-3 in revenue in the NHL? No, no I, I completely understand, and, that, and that's some good knowledge that you brought into the topic because I didn't know all those uh, the, the the three digit numbers and so on. But And neither did I till this morning. Nice. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, it's not the driving factor of the salary cap as it is right now, but it is a percentage of it. You know what I'm saying? So yep, I mean, 100%. I mean, anything could definitely, anything could happen. You know, it, it. We just have to get by this next CBA, and 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 honestly, you know, I'm I'm not an expert on this, and I'm not an insider at all by far. But you know, this might be the 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 catalyst of. Uh, topics when, when you're talking about signing David Pasternak and, and that year that is potentially you know projected to be taken off because of the uh, the negotiation talks. Well, you're right, and that's why a lot of these guys like if you look at McDavid's contract, it was all signing bonus, and I believe Andrew was I believe it's in your article. You talked about it on Twitter, Andrew, where you pretty much said that's probably one of the driving forces behind this stalemate with Pasternak because he's trying to get a lockout proof contract, yeah. and. If you look at it, like, Mark, you're talking about the Canadian dollar. You're right, because a team like Winnipeg, who sells out every game, is still in the bottom 10. And they sell out every game. So oh, the yeah. Canadian dollar does affect. It, it, you're right. To, to me, it's easy to sell out a game when you've only got 13,000 in the building. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of markets out there that have up, upwards of 20,000 uh, fans in there that they still can't sell sell out like like you Tampa pointed Bay. out yeah Tampa Bay Florida the Panthers you know what I mean so and it's embarrassing when Tampa Nashville and St Louis all have good product on the ice oh yeah exactly and like you got to look at it as well it looks like Arizona will be lo- relocated Quebec City um yeah and then. You you've got to think another team's going to be relocated soon. Florida or Carolina, go to Seattle. Yeah, but the thing is, you could relocate like four or five of these teams, and you'd make the league a better place. Which I, I can which is that. weird, because if you look at a lot of sports, if you relocate the teams, the teams would fail. But with with the NHL, for some reason, they build these. Billionaires build really bad ho- in really bad hockey markets. Determine that it'll pay out, and it, it just doesn't. I, well, I don't know how they think that these things will just pick up and go. Keep in mind, uh, Bet- Bettman has had this fanatical obsession about hockey in the desert. So yep. far, it's six hundred and thirty million plus or minus that has been whisked away to keep the Arizona slash Phoenix slash whatever franchise alive. And it's just, 
there's only so much you can do. The Titanic is going to sink. Get the kids on the lifeboats. Yeah. And it's funny because did the Las Vegas franchise will probably eat away from even some of the fan base from Arizona even. Yeah. Because probably a lot of the people in Las Vegas were Arizona Coyote fans. And it's not its not even that. The last thing everybody wants to hear is when they say stuff like, oh, in Florida, Florida's going to do great because of all the Canadians that live out there. Or Las Vegas is going to do great because all the tourists and all the Canadians that go to Vegas. When they use that as an example for people going to a rink, that should scare you right away. Yeah, you need, yeah. You need the hometown um, product to, to sell itself. You know what I mean? You can't rely on outside visitors and like the los angeles kings are number nine in revenue and you know what that's because wayne gretzky used to play for that franchise oh yeah 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 he's still still setting the point you look at las vegas becoming a franchise and you look at the the two places that got picked up uh picked over and that's uh, uh montreal well quebec city which one of the biggest hockey markets in the world uh and then seattle which is quite a big hockey market just on the quiet. Uh, and they go and pick that flashy place instead. Because um, no one's ever there. Yeah. There's and, no franchise there. Yeah, and it's it's just ruining hockey for money. And I think they shouldn't look at it that way. They should build the fan base on the product that they have instead of trying to make this flashy, stupid game. So, I mean... You guys have read my stuff for a couple of years now, and for the last two and a half years, I've been arguing Quebec City should have gotten the, the team over Las Vegas. And some people going, oh, you know what you're talking about? It's like hockey in the desert, $600 million disaster. Why yeah. are we not putting more Quebec team? Why are we not putting more yeah. Canadian teams in the league? You know, having another French-speaking team. I got a lot of new friends who were Nordiques fans and, and said, hey, guys. The only other team that hates the Habs as much as us are the Nordiques. So the yep. enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And, and, and they would sell out every game, and you know it too, Andrew. And you know what? You could put another team in Toronto, for God's sakes, and they'd pack the place. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Pack the place. Yeah. It would give poor Mike Myers a team he could actually love. <laughs> yeah, and the Buffalo's the only, – the only reason they don't put another team in Toronto – it's because the Buffalo Sabres are in the bottom bottom of the revenue in the league. They put another team in Toronto. Buffalo's the worst in the league. Right. Because when yeah. you go to a Buffalo Sabres game, because I go to a couple in a year, it's the only American rink that I know that plays Canadian National Anthem, regardless whether a Canadian team is playing or not. Yes. Every game. And everybody there is crossing the border to go see the game. majority of them are Canadian. Yeah, what was the, what was the last room where a couple of years ago that they were thinking about putting a franchise in Markham? Yes, they were going to build a rink. Yeah. And then now the rumor is like the London, Ontario area. But I, I agree with Andrew. I think Quebec will, um, they built a beautiful rink. Uh, they will sell out. They will have a franchise. London would be a good place, though, oh, for an NHL team. London, Ontario? Yeah, London, yeah. Ontario would be perfect. It'd be perfect. Because <laughs> uh, if you look at the London Knights and they pack the place every game. Oh, yeah. And the Kitchener and Rangers. Have, oh, yeah, and they have a hard, like, hardcore fan base. You even, like, say one thing wrong about youth hockey around a fan, and you, you're dead. But that's the one reason why it might not happen, Rob, because you have a te- you have three teams. You have Kitchener, Guelph, and London, which are all half an hour drive from each other. Um, yeah. They pack the place every night. The OHL would have a conniption fit if you put an NHL team there, because it would hurt them. Yeah, true. All right. 
I just had to take a sip of my drink. Um, next topic, I, I don't know, Andrew, you might you might have a little information on this, but I know Rob and, and Court really don't, but I, I wanted to bring this up because uh, where, the, where the Bruins did their practices and all their off-season training uh, in the Rizusha Arena, Memorial Arena in Wilmington, Massachusetts, um, uh, in 2011, now, recently, the, the, the team has moved closer to Boston in Brighton, Mass., which is now the Warrior Ice Arena, which is a fantastic facility um, and training um, center. It's an unbelievable place, and I love it. Every time I walk into that building, I just, I'm still in awe. But for the past 30 years, um, it was in uh, Wilmington. And in 2011, when the Bruins brought home the Stanley Cup after 39 years, um, the Wilmington facility um, donated. Uh, it's not a replica, uh, but it looks like the Stanley Cup. And it's a nice little uh, statue. And, and fortunately, uh, it seems like the Rankins need some money because it is now for sale. $35,000. You could take this or marble or whatever material it is home and uh, put it on your property. Uh, Jimmy Murphy tweeted out uh, that the, uh, the trophy is for sale. And um, anybody that's interested should uh, send an email to the uh, Restucia uh, Memorial Arena. So 35 grand. I think we can get some Patreons uh, to, to donate. That would look great in my office. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that one of the Bruins players isn't going to buy this. Right. Like, you'd, you'd think one of them would buy it. I, I, I thought I the mean, Warrior the... Ice Arena was going to... They should eat that right up. It looked great right next to Chara's stick. Well, it's not Chara's stick anymore. Oh, it's no, David it's Bacchus. Stick. Yeah, it's David Bacchus. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that Tim Thomas hasn't crawled out of whatever dark hole he's come from to actually come out and take it and go back. <laughs> no. yeah. Every time I want to get away from that name, my buddy <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Just see him carrying it down the street. Oh, I'd like to see <laughs> well, it. it's about, it's about 3,000 pounds, so that would be kind of... Yeah. I wonder how he would get in his bunker. <laughs> well, well, apparently he put the whole team on his back, so right. he'll be able to carry that. Right on, bump. He'll put it right. He'll put it right next to his seat at Chick Fil A. Come on, yeah. people. We all know he's sitting up somewhere with his sniper rifle, just waiting for someone to even touch that thing. Right. <laughs> he doesn't have to pay for it. He's just waiting there, hiding away. No, uh, but that, yeah, it's something I wanted. To, I wrote an article about it. You can go check it out at uh, blackandgoldhockeyblog.com, um, and you can see Jimmy Murphy's tweet and and in the, in any information that you need to, if somebody's interested. Um, it's a little expensive for me, but the the worst thing is that you know that is just gonna go to some rich guy who's a Bruins fan, and it's gonna hide away forever. No, he'll probably no make a mailbox out again. of it. Oh, do you know what's the worst thing? Or worse yet, a cemetery gravestone. <laughs> oh, I, wow. No, oh, no even worse. Oh. I was thinking about this. Some rich uh, like rich person from Quebec is going to buy that thing. A half fan turns it into a toilet? Yeah, you know this is going to... And there'll be a picture on Twitter of them sitting in it. I'm telling you. Oh, man. That's or, what's going to happen. So. You know, and that's how... 
And that's how Canada and America went to war, you know, because the next thing you know, they turned our sacred relic into a toilet, and then you had to launch the nukes. Hey, it was, it was our relic first. <laughs> all right, before it gets all completely political. Um, don't worry. Uh, we, don't, we don't do that on this show. <laughs> no, we don't. Don't worry, I'm no safe over the on this show. Um, But <laughs> another good segue is... uh. uh <laughs> The political correctiveness of, of ranking these days uh, has uh, Bruins fans all up in an uproar, whether it be a, a tweet from the NHL Network or, or their recent uh, goaltending uh, polls and forward polls so far. I didn't get the center position, but let's start with... Uh, That's goal- tonight. Yeah, okay. Oh, good, good. I'll pay attention. Yeah. Thanks, Court. Um, so, so far... They've gotten the goaltenders, and they did a list of ten. And as and I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm pretty sure that any knowledgeable Bruins fan diehard and knows that these rankings did not have Tuukka Rask in the top ten. And believe it or not, I think I saw them not even having him in the top fifteen. Uh, Correct. Found it kind of ridiculous. I'm a huge, huge supporter of Kevin Weeks. I actually talked to him uh, via Twitter. And I asked him about the, uh, the, how he did it. And it was basically, uh, it's a majority. Those guys got all together. It's almost like they're pooling. And you get, you get an average of what everybody's thoughts are. It wasn't just Kevin Weeks, because I heard him say that if it was just him, Tuka Rask would definitely be in the top ten. And so, I think he said that on air, did he not? Uh, yes, he did. He did. But... Not having them, I mean, number one, you're feeding the haters, and the haters loved it. They're all like, oh, see, yeah. see, he's not even ranked. But, you know, they, they, they quickly jump and trash the guy, but they cannot go over to any of the stats um, available websites and look at what he's done in his career so far. And I know we're huge Tuka Raskopologists, but I just find the rankings ridiculous. And, and some of those players... I mean, I like Cam Talbot and everything, and he had an outstanding first year last year, or, or second year, whatever. But, you know, when you put... First, no, the word is first good year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, it's, that, that doesn't make him any better or worse than anybody else that's been in the league for the last five or six years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I know he was an outstanding backup goaltender, and he got the job as a starter in Edmonton, but... Uh, to well, me, to me, no, it was, it's all facts when it comes down to numbers. Well, yeah. I thought it was hilarious because they said it was all based off last year, and then I'm like, why is Jonathan Quick on there then? Yeah, and then they I got was, Jonathan yeah. Quick. How, how many they games said, did that oh, guy no, no, his space. Yeah, and then they said, no, well, Quick is based on his, his his body of work, and I'm like, okay. So first, you say it's based on his last year of play. Now it's based on body of work. So then, how is Tukaras not on the list? It makes. Can't have your cake needed too. Right. I'm I'm then, sure quick I'm sure Quick was up there for his two Vesna wins. Oh, wait a sec. <laughs> yeah. But then Carey Price was number one, but didn't uh, I'm pretty sure there were goalies with better stats last last year than Carey Price. I know Carey Price is number one goal goaltender, blah blah blah. But I mean there were guys out there that did better, such as Cam Talbot played a lot more games, uh better winning percentage. Like, 
it's just weird that they go off, oh, it's last season, oh, no, it's body of work, oh, no, like, now it's this, now it's that. I just think, like, ten guys got in a room together and just went, oh, who's your favourite goaltender at the moment? Yeah. Like, Devin Dubnik was, Devin Dubnik was up there, and he didn't even have that good a year last year compared to his year before. Not even that, Henrik Lundqvist was up there. Yeah. Um, It's just, like, I'm looking at another list, and Lundqvist is 18. Yeah. 18. It's crazy. Well, now, now another list that recently came out was wingers, and I'm not sure if they did the, the left side, right side, or they just did a combination. But, you know, I'm just going to do the, the bipolar uh, role reversal on, on, on this. Um, but they had Brad Marsh. I like Brad Marsh. In. I think he's a fantastic forward. He's, he's skilled. He can. He's he's that all around player for me. He can be a pain in the ass, but he can also score some points. They had him listed at three. Now they had him listed higher than Alex Kovalchuk. Uh, oh, Alex Kovalchuk. What the hell? Am I Ovechkin. Doing? You mean <laughs> Alex Ovechkin? <laughs> wow, that was bad. Uh, we knew what you were going with. I mean, did you see the list of players that were higher that he was higher than? And I was just blown away by Wasn't- that. Yeah. Perhaps it was Taylor their apology Hall. for Tuka Rask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point, Andrew. You know that kind of seems like oh, we 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 you know we we bit the bone on on that uh, goaltending ranking, and let's 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 get back in the good graces of uh, Boston uh, Bruins Nation by uh, ranking right. a good forward. I like him. He's you know he is one of the better players in the league, but I don't know. Uh, if you think if you think back as well when he played alongside Crosby and Bergeron, right. Right, um, the World Cup. He, oh, for yeah, what, he, what, what what team was that again? Canada. Uh, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> the ego is coming through the mic and pressing me up against the wall. <laughs> it was so good, wasn't it? Oh. Great Britain played way better than you did. It was the only time the, uh, the Bruins fans were like, all right, we'll allow Crosby again. Actually, um, did you did you ever see the highlight of the Great Britain uh, D man doing that deke. No, uh, no. No. Oh, you you want to go on uh, YouTube? Yeah. And put um like Great Britain uh, ice hockey defenseman shootout goal, and just watch because watch that and it is better than watching any of the Canada highlights. Guarantee. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Wow. <laughs> I oh, thought we weren't talking politics. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> Rob did that. Yeah. It's the only. It's the only time I can get a dig in. I live in Great Britain. The hockey's not good here. You got to like, Nolan. Come on, <laughs> Owen Nolan, buddy. Hey, Brandon Pelini is coming up. Mm-hmm. But Mark He's from I'm looking at, England. I'm looking at another list here, and Brad Marchand is second for left wingers. Oh, oh, yeah, but the the thing oh. is, overall, he is a great player under a. Bruins role, they wanted him to be an agitator, then when he was the only guy scoring goals, they were like, right, now you're the goal scorer, now you're the point getter. Like His role changes on a week-by-week basis, depending on who's putting up points and who's not. So Technically, I think he is one of the all-round better wingers for the fact that he can do any role. Right. Uh, I mean, you put some guys out there and tell them to agitate the other team, and 
it, it just doesn't work. I, I, I put up a ridiculous poll this week, and I put down uh, what's more likely, and I had Marchand not getting suspended. Yeah, that didn't uh, win. Yeah. It didn't I, win. I chose that. Yeah, it did not win, guys. Just letting you know. As for me, now, if you guys know me, I own a ball of hate jersey uh, that, mm-hmm. that Marchand, Marchand gave me the stink eye for having him sign it. But I think he's definitely a top 20. He's very likely a top 10. But I, I, as much as I'm a Bruins fan, I can't agree with two and three. Yeah, yeah I couldn't believe not, it. I don't think he's top five, but he's, I, I'd say he's top 10. Well, for the left side, okay, for his play last year, he's top five <clears throat> for last yeah. year. Just basing on last year. If we're going by what the hockey, I mean, um, the NHL network was going by, okay, based on last year, sure. Wait, I thought it was body of work or throwing stuff at a dart. <laughs> Pretty much, eh? But, hey, the hockey news, as much as I sometimes have not agreed with them this summer, they did their top 50 players, and Marchand was 23rd overall in the NHL. Yeah, and, and talking about the hockey news, um, uh, and I'm not saying that the, 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 these media giants, they're, they're they're hating on Boston or anything else, but it's like I I listen to like a ton of podcasts, which you guys already know, and it just seems like almost every one of them outside of this market they all hate they hate the Bruins. The hockey news <laughs> one does big oh, time. Yeah. Oh, it's awful! But you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I respect that. I I, I like to get my news from um, a variety of different um, uh, outlets, but um, these guys. When they were talking about teams that are not going to make the playoffs and for the upcoming season, they had the, the Boston Bruins. This is the hockey news, everybody. They had the Boston Bruins as the 11th team not to make it this season because – and, I, and I, I believe it was driven because they, they didn't do anything. They signed low-level contracts, one-year deals. Um, they didn't go out and, like, uh, you know, explore the market because – I mean, obviously, David Pasternak and, and his contract and, and future funds are being, you know, locked right now because of, of what's going on with his contract situation. So you can't really do anything. But, uh, you know, just because they didn't do anything doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm setting, I'm setting expectations for this Bruins team to, to make the playoffs. But I, I, I don't see them as a team that went out and did those explosive moves to get them into the second round. So oh, it's fun. It's funny you say that, Mark, because they also had, they did a winners and losers of the free agent season. Yep. So they had Boston down as a loser for doing nothing. That's literally what they put. They did nothing and they didn't sign Pasternak. And then they had the Leafs down because I is, I, I live in Toronto and I know the hockey news is publicated is published in Toronto, but this year was the first year when I, I read it all the time going, wow, the leaf bias is huge. They put the Leafs down as a winner for the off season. And all they did was sign Marlowe. They put him down as a winner. Right. I'm like, okay. So if Boston would have done that, they would have been like, Oh, that's the worst contract ever. Like they did with Bacchus last year. Then they yeah. picked the Leafs to not make the playoffs in one list. And then when I read the yearbook today, they have the Leafs not only making the playoffs, but going far and beating Montreal in the first round. So I'm like, they contradict themselves. They have Frederick Anderson, probably not the best goalie in the world. They have him rated ninth above above Tuka Rask and a bunch of different players for Vezina candidate. They're, they're just got a little bias this year for the Leafs. I know the Leafs had a good year. I live here in Toronto and I cannot stop hearing about it, but they're not, I honestly think they're going to regress 
Last year, they got 19 of their points that got them into the playoffs were loser points going into overtime. 19 of them. And they didn't win those games in overtime. 19 points. They can't, you can't, lightning in a bottle is not going to strike twice and everybody's going to be honing in on Austin Matthews and and Martyr is going to get the living crap kicked out of him. There might be a slight difference between bias and drinking the printer's ink. Um, I'm not entirely (laughs) sure, but I'm guessing it might be a little bit of both. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, like, I, I've got a I've got a quick question for everyone. Go for it. As something that I, I what I was going to put this up as a poll on Twitter today, but I thought I'd best save it for the podcast, which I thought was tomorrow, um, <laughs> because I have been in work since the twenty eighth of July. I have three more weeks where I don't get a day off, and I'm starting to lose my mind. Oh, um, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. When I saw your when I saw your message today, I was like, yeah, I know exactly where you're at with that. <laughs> um, who, who do you think is going to get the seventh player award this season? Ooh. Ooh, I this have a feeling one. just just from hype alone that it's going to be McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, understanding last season, David Pasternak won it. When it's meant to be something that a player does something you don't really expect from them. Yeah, um, and that's Pasternak's second time winning it too. Yeah, so that's kind of that was kind of a weird one. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking McAvoy just because of the whole hype. But uh, my pick for it actually, which would surprise some people, will be uh, Kenny Agostino. Oh, that's a stretch. I love it, <laughs> Rob. You're, you're think... my, Rob, you're my boy and everything, but damn, I can't, I cannot go on that one, that boat. Here, here is why. I think they're going to play him on the fourth line to start the season on the right wing. Uh, and I think he'll surprise a few people. Well, there goes my, with only three healthy scratches this season, Ryan Spooner get, exceeds all expectations award. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. I, I, I believe it's going to be McAvoy, too. But I think he's going to have a good season. I'm not calling Calder. I'm not calling Rookie of the Year. But I mean, if he does have, if that happens, that'd be great. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure the last time I called a uh, trophy winner out of Boston, Joe Juno. Well, defenseman. No, it was oh Raycroft. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, but def- wow. a defenseman. It's got to date back to Ray Bork. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. So, um, with that being said. Uh, he's talking about the seventh player award, and that's a, that's a great addition to to our, our talk today, Rob. Thank you very much. But when you look back at, at Dougie Hamilton when he was here and he was on an entry level deal, he won the the uh, seventh player award. And the funny thing about his winning that was he was scratched that day. Oh, oh yeah, so, didn't he have to wear a suit onto the ice? No, he actually was geared up, but. Uh, did not play in the game. He he took the. It was funny because you could definitely see the attitude that he had. He basically went out there with a with a mug, uh, you know, very puss on his face. Took the pictures with the with the with the fans and the car, and then just that's just his face, Mark. What's that? That's just his face, buddy. Oh okay, yeah, the whole beaker look. But um, it, it took the seventh player award trophy and just like stormed off into the locker room, and I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> but it just it just goes to show you that yes, he was a, a decent he had a decent year, uh, point wise production, but he wasn't the best defenseman on the team, and I didn't think that it was worthy. I think it was just like the fandom 
uh, yeah. uh, took over on it when everybody was, was voting. You know, I could I could have seen somebody else winning that completely. But to be completely yeah. fair, there is that 15 to 19 year old girl vote that does kind of creep into the seventh player awards. It's it's not it's well, just yeah. one of those things you have to accept every year. That there's going to be a oh my god he's just the cutest he <laughs> sucks as a player but he's just so dreamy oh, yeah. but he sucks but he's so silence fool. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm going to call my shot here, but I think McAvoy does win the Calder, and I think he does get the seven-player award. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to do some predictions and write everything down. Well, when, when you have, like, here in Toronto, a lot of the hockey writers are conveniently here, and they're all picking McAvoy right now because of, now, the reason they're picking McAvoy is not, a, not as flattering as it might sound. They're all putting, it's a weak year. for, for Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> That's so they're they're pretty they're calling it a two horse race right now between Clayton Keller and Charlie McAvoy, as of right now because both of them showed oh, showed what I've, they did last year right so both I of them, forgot about Keller yeah so between mm. Keller and McAvoy and after McAvoy's play you already have um, guys like Eric Carlson pumping his tires like I'm sure yeah. oh, we yeah. all listen to spit spitting chicklets and McAvoy by the way stuck up for Tuka Rask which oh, I loved big every time yeah loved it. Shout out Love. to uh, Mike Granelli uh, and Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney, my boy. What up? What up? And um, so, and uh, uh, Rear Admiral. Those guys are freaking fantastic. And and the interviews lately, they've had Jack Eichel, they had McAvoy, they've had VC le- recently. All great stories. Definitely check those guys out. It's worth the listen. So with with McAvoy saying that Eric his his idol growing up was Eric Carlson and Eric Carlson saying that McAvoy is going to be special, yeah, that that's all I need is is Carlson saying it. I do think with with the media behind him because and Andrew probably can attest to this. A lot of that does come into play as long as the kid plays well enough. You know, if Drew Doughty can win a, uh, a Norris over Carlson, then McAvoy can win the Carl Calder. Yeah, actually. Another great segue into something that's like totally um, I'm reaching here. But uh, the trade room is uh, definitely my favorite part of the show. Uh, that was total sarcasm. Um, but uh, the the Pasternak to L.A. Kings for in return of, of Drew Doughty has been floated around many times. Uh, <laughs> Drew Doughty is coming up on a contract year. I believe he's got two years left. I could be uh, reaching on that one too, but uh, uh, just 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 funny, just funny things that you see on on Twitter. It, it's it's actually hilarious. Did you see the first rumor? I did not. And I it actually had the most Dan likes Brown. I've ever had. It was yeah, Doug Brown, and I I just, I pretty much all I put was you know. Um, you know the rumor's terrible when Doug oh. Brown's coming the other way. Oh, no, no. I had the most likes I've ever had. No, his name's not Doug. You're Dustin th- Brown. Dustin Brown. Dustin, Dustin Brown. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking about the oldest so, Red Wing. Yeah. <laughs> so Drew Doughty is UFA 2019-2020. Okay. And if you and were Toronto, already linked to the Leafs. Yeah, I was going to say. Like every player who becomes an unrestricted free agent <laughs> is. And you know Tavares is coming here next year on a one-year deal? Oh, yeah. It's Tavares, like, oh, man, you know, Tavares on the second line with Stamkos on the first line. With Yeah, I, I remember hey, this. Hey, that's Salary Brian, cap. Brian Lawton. That was it. He called the shot saying that Stamkos was a Toronto Maple Leaf. Remember that, guys? Do you have that mm-hmm. for him playing for the Leafs? Oh, my I just God. don't remember that. Oh, yeah. And Pasternak's getting traded. <laughs> so uh, always a fun one. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the word? What's 
what's the, the the craziest rumor you've heard, Andrew? Uh, no, but keep in mind this. This is the Boston area thing. I've heard everything from Pasternak going to the Flyers, going to the Kings, going to the Third Circle of Hell to play for their national team. It's <laughs> it, it's it's just you just have to tune it out because there's sometimes there's just so much stupid. You have to just close your eyes and not think of horrible things to write in your article because you never want to make it personal. I mean, at one point, I think I said Hockey Buzz was the TMZ of all hockey writers. Oh, that was... I love that tweet, by the way. That was good. You don't want to make it personal ever, but then you read this stuff and going, wow, I respect you as a writer. Like, every time... Story about Haggerty. My very first time at the TD Garden, I was petrified. I was going to I was going to say something stupid. I was going to wear something stupid. And I'm there trying to make a small presence as possible and Haggerty walks in in Bermuda shorts. And it was just one <laughs> And it was just one of those, "Oh, thank God. I am not going to be the worst person in the room." Uh-huh. So I, I I always had I always have a very positive personal thought of Haggerty. But sometimes he writes stuff and I go, "Oh my god, dude, you're giving me another aneurysm." It's, do you not do you not just message him saying Bermuda shorts? Like I, I would just reply to all his articles with Bermuda shorts from now on. The um, speaking of Joe Haggerty, last year was the uh, the first um, summer that I went to development camp, and uh, it was hot. It was it was burning hot outside. Like you were walking on the sun, and you go into the rink and it's absolutely freezing. The the um, the Rajusta, uh Memorial Arena is not a barn that is is was made for um, an ice rink originally. It was a some kind of factory. They manufactured something and then they turned it into a rink. So it's they did a lot of upgrades to keep that place uh, you know uh, weatherproof. So it, you can you can have ice in the in the uh, in the building. So it's damn cold. I, I, I was told by Rhonda McClure, I was told by a couple other people that are, were, were in attendance that it's cold, dress for it. So I came in with a dress shirt and, and, and blue jeans and two, two sweatshirts. Whoa, Seinfeld. Yeah. I had two sweatshirts on, and, and I'm just sitting there doing my thing. All of a sudden, I look down, here comes Joe Haggerty. He's got the flops going on and the, and the, uh, and the shorts. And and a t and um you know he had the C N N E or whatever he writes for, um, C N N S E whatever. Um, C S N N E. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he had the uh you know the golf shirt and everything, so he was representing uh, uh decently. But I was amazed. And then this year at the new Warrior Ice Arena, same thing. I was like, jump, in, <laughs> jump, jump in Joe Haggerty. You're not going to change. Why would he? Right. No, as as I said, some of his writing can can drive you to alcoholism. But he was the first, actually, of the big guys to take me seriously. So I I'm always going to have a warm and fuzzy spot for him because. Oh, that's awesome. He he was also one of the first to uh, totally shoot down Brian Lawton. Yeah. Like, totally go all over Twitter and be like, "People, wake up!" Yeah. So, and I I believe my tweet was, "I'm agreeing with Hags. I can't believe what I'm saying." And then he said another tweet two days later, and I had to agree with him again. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? Now, the, the thing with the whole, uh, the whole trading thing um, was weird because obviously uh, Brian Lawton uh, sent out that tweet. And then uh, I happen to like Jimmy Murphy. I know a lot of people can't stand him, but um, he 
tweeted out that the it, that the trade rumors might be coming from the team to you know uh, some uh, a leverage factor in the a little the, birdie told them right <laughs> in the passing act negotiation so and then shortly after that Haggerty comes out and says relax everybody it's not happening blah 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 so it was a, definitely an interesting day to say the least but. Murphy's another another really good another really good guy. I I just don't know understand what he did to tick off the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, something on the inside, but hey, that's that's for him. Um, real quick, I want to get through our our patrons, um, the the great people that donate to our show. Uh, going down the list, uh, Rhonda, Anthony. Uh, Vin Coma, Beyond the Blade podcast, Hollis, Court, Mike. We have three new patrons uh, this week, and they've uh, donated a dollar to the show, which is awesome. And we definitely encourage uh, any help you can get. Go to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Um, my dad, my dad's actually hooking us up. Thank you, thank you, Father, and uh, my wife Courtney, and uh, new Patreon uh, Chirpy Lockett. I'm not sure who you are, but thank you very much for your donation. We really appreciate that. And we had, and we had Darren Burris send me money. Yes, Darren Burris. I ha- we had uh, Heather Holloman send me a, um, a money order. Fantastic. We, we, I mean, we're getting a lot of support, and it's great because it's definitely uh, helping to cut the cost of operating the podcast and the website content that we do because that's about $500 for a year. So any help would be and, great. Um, and rate us on iTunes. Oh, please, please, definitely. Go go to your um, uh, anywhere that you listen to the podcast, whether it be on Apple iTunes, Google Play, um, player.fm, SoundCloud, Grandstand Sports uh, Network, uh, Stitcher Radio, any of those outlets, please go and um, rate us. Definitely on iTunes because it's such a huge platform. Um, The ratings uh, and the the positive words get us up up the rankings a little bit, make our our show a little more appealing to uh, web searches. So please do that. Um, I think I'm. I think that's it. Oh, yeah, one more hockey, one more rumor. Apparently, I had a show and I didn't know about it. Yeah. Oh, yes, that was oh, awesome. Yeah. I was just like, man, you, you're holding out on me. What's going on? All of a sudden, um, I'm talking to uh, oh. a, a new Bru- – no, it's not a Bruins group. It's basically a a, um, a group of, um, you know, the, the, the four major uh, Boston sports. And people from the Sox, the Celts, the Pats, and the Bruins, they all chip in and, you know, share articles and so on. So it's pretty cool, but – uh, this this person Chris was saying that uh, uh, he's going on the show with uh, with Thompson and something else, and I was just like, "Wow, Andrew's holding out on us, huh?" <laughs> it's pretty funny. I thought so. Um, so, how you guys looking for your fantasy teams this year? Oh, fantasy hockey. Listen, this is something. Thank you very much, Andrew. You're the best. If anybody wants to join a Black and Gold Hockey Productions uh, podcast or website content content um fantasy league let let us know please send us an email um the lovely lady at the end of the show will 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 have our email address if you want in please do it as soon as possible i will set up a league 
Um, what's going on over there? Just for fun, people. Just for fun. Yeah, it's just for fun. Um, so bragging rights. Yep, absolutely. Court has already said that he's going to win uh, everything. So uh, I'll, I'll, I like second place. Um, and I'm the I'm the Finland of fantasy hockey. I'm here for my bronze, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the Vetchkin Award. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, two years ago I won my fantasy league, but then again I listed Yarmir Yager as my assistant GM because. I was at one of the games and like, you know, so there's a lot of young Czech players coming up. Oh, this guy is good. This guy is good. This guy is easy. He's, he's got the potential. And like, so who do you recommend? Next thing I know, Yarmir Yager's got my phone. Oh, no, you don't want him. No, 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 don't want him. Like, <laughs> Yarmir Yager is touching my phone. I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> well, that only happens to 19-year-olds. Now, <laughs> uh... Yarmir Yager, is anybody going to sign him? I, I hope so. Well, I, I really hope that the, the his, his his career continues, and I you know, you know I I like to see him, you know, play till he's fifty, but not in Boston. I re- I really thought the Vegas Knights would grab him as a marquee player, not not because he's going to be amazing, but he's Yarmer Yager is one more way to get the rich people who bought all the season tickets to come in and get their picture with a, like a living legend. Yeah. So did I, Andrew, until I started reading into it more. If you remember. Ovechkin was on the caps when McPhee was the GM and they got in a big public argument and that's why he left the team. Mm. Boom. Boom. So there's no way he's going there. um, I was going to say I think you could see the New Jersey Devils sign uh, Yaga and maybe Shane Doan. Shane Doan is the name I never want to hear. Because, yeah, we gotta have a new team. New team has to yeah. be New Jersey for the traveling truckers. Yeah, but <laughs> they're, they're a team that need veteran presence to get better. And right. I, I, I honestly think by the end of this season, one of those veteran players ends up in New Jersey. I mean, at this point, I think we're all waiting for to see like a team of just Yagers. This yeah, is from the sexy awesome. lady in Boston. This is from the sexy lady in Buffalo. These is from the one-time sexy ladies in Florida. Don't remember their names, but all good. You know? <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot, and I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. My memory is going as I get older. Um, I, we do have a Patreon question from uh, Patreon uh, contributor Hollis Jackson in the lovely state of Alabama. And I'm actually rocking a, a T-shirt that he uh, sent me as a gift from the um, Birmingham Bulls, the new SPHL franchise that is uh, hockey is back in Birmingham. So uh, Hollis asks, who are the top five prospects in the Bruins system who have yet to make their NHL debut? Uh, Rob, why don't you touch on this one? This, this one for me uh... – Trent Frederick, uh, Sinishin, our boy Jesse Gabriel, yeah, Anders Bjork, and hmm, Jeremy Lawson. There you go. Court. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Anders Bjork, Bjork, uh, Zach Sinishin, Jake DeBrusque, um, Jesse Gabriel. And uh, Jan and Copanen. Uh, there you go. Which, which, um, excuse me, real quick before I get to Andrew. Who had an amazing World Junior. He did. Uh, pre-tournament. He amazing. Did. 
and he had some that's, really good uh, workouts in Boston recently. Yeah, but I that's heard, on the list. I heard that he is on loan. If you look at capfriendly.com, yes. he's Correct. on loan to go back to um, uh, the Liga. But there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no absolutely not. SM Liga. Yeah, he's got you know he's got he's got to grow. So, Andrew, how about your five there prospects? I I kind of really like courts. I mean, that's I I don't want to sound like oh I agree. I he's yeah I'm completely on board with courts five. Um, I am going to go with uh, my boy Seneshin. I like um, uh, Jesse Gabriel. Uh, I like Jake DeBrusque. He's really coming around. Uh, is that four? Three. The okay, uh, uh, Jakobs Borrell, which is a, a reach from a lot of people, but I, I seem to I really like his progression, and I and I'm excited to see this kid uh, play th uh, this year in, um, in Providence, and uh, definitely Anders Bjork. Uh, the kid's just an amazing talent. I haven't seen him. I, I have watched games uh, when he's played for the uh, University of Notre Dame, but um, live, I, all I've seen him do is the past um, couple of um, uh, development camps. And he's been absolutely amazing in those. Uh, the the skill set on that kid is just amazing. So, uh, looking forward to see where he goes, either up or down. But uh, and honorable mention to Oscar Steen. Yeah, Oscar Steen is uh, amazing. I've honorable mention to uh, Jack Studenjäger. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna watch. I, I think he's him. really gonna be something good. Yeah, Court's gonna be our, um, our our liaison to to the uh, Ontario Hockey League this year, while um, Jack Stitnika <coughs> is representing the Boston Bruins for the Oshawa Generals. Conveniently, my father has season tickets, so I will be going to a bunch oh, of games. You know, I'm, I, I am coming to Toronto. That's it. I got to get my passport. Yeah, you, know, you don't have a U.S. passport. I don't. Okay. I'm a we'll slacker, man. We'll, we'll have that conversation when I'm down there in March. Yeah, right. You're going to put me in line at the post office yeah. and get this shit done. <laughs> All right. I, I think that is a show. Um, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. Um, yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. It was it, it was really nice to be on. I don't get to be on very often, and I really enjoy every chance I get to be here. Well, like, like, like I always tell you, if you happen to know ahead of time, if you have a day off, we'll definitely schedule you back on. Um, love to, love to have the return of, of um, our friend Andrew. So, and you're doing a great job. Yeah, really, our numbers are are definitely increasing because of uh, the the amount of work that you produce on the uh, on the blogglehockeyblog.com website. So, I just wish it would be more. Yeah, I mean, I do too, but life happens. It is what it is. Yeah. But well, every every day there's a new uh, Boston Bruins blog, right? Yeah, it seems to be. Which and it's not so bad. I mean, I like I like when people can get up and you know voice their opinions through text. I I love I love writers. I mean, I, there's writers that I don't particularly like, but the, and there's writers that I do like. But either or, I'm gonna read their stuff. You know, I I just love reading about the game that our team. You know, I, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't diehard Bruins fans. Has anyone got the official countdown to the start of the season? Hang on a minute. I got it on my iPhone. Just let me get the app up. It's Krejci days, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because it was, it, was, it was Krug earlier. It is. It's 46, 46 days, 2 hours, 43 minutes, and 0 seconds right on the button. So it's Krug. Are, are you sure that's specific enough? 
Um, I, can, oh, I, I, I can actually break it down to tenths if you need it. Oh my! God. Can you just keep counting down the seconds till <laughs> the until we go off the air? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, uh, Andrew Thompson, follow him at the Black and Hockey You can follow him at God Went Whoops on Twitter. Um, thanks again. And I, and this is definitely going to be the um, uh, this is the week that we're going to start doing uh, weekly podcasts and shows, regardless of. Uh, if anybody has um, things to do, I know Court's got some uh, some business travel to go in September. So, um, and and next week there's a stand-in for me, as you know, because you can't have two people in the same room. Yes, and I definitely want to take advantage of of hyping next week's show up and, and just drop a little nugget. This podcast, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, is going to have its first former Bruins player on the show. So I am really excited about that. I'm going to take a week to review my questions. I'm real excited to have this player on. So please, please, please uh, tune in next week. Listen, this is going to be a great discussion. Um, it's definitely going to be a history piece and a lot of uh, old-time hockey uh, talk. But I encourage you to listen. This, uh, this gentleman's uh, 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 definitely made his mark in the NHL um, and... I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say and, and his journey throughout uh, his whole career. Now, if Pasta does sign, I promise you, I will come on right after him. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you just watch Twitter, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you again, Andrew. I, I can't say enough about uh, your appearances. Uh, Rob, great to have you back. Uh, Court, uh, as always, uh, boys are back in town, and... Um, we're definitely going to be uh, back again and, uh, and to gear up for the uh, 2017-18 Boston Bruins season. Uh, we want to be your, uh, your source for our weekly news. So please uh, subscribe to all the different platforms that we're currently on and uh, rate and, and uh, let us know how we're doing. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.